Good morning. Here we are on Latinx in the Inland Empire. This morning, we're going to speak to artist William Margo, who is also a CGU alumni, who has his MFA and graduated in 2020. Good morning, William. Good morning. Good morning, Eric. Uh, and, and welcome everyone who uh, is listening or who is going to listen in the future. Mm-hmm. So, William, I had the pleasure of meeting you briefly in 2019 on campus uh, before you graduated. And I was very struck and inspired by all of the work that you're doing locally, um, all the scholarship and all the art that you are doing in our greater L.A. community and Orange County and Anaheim. I wanted to talk to you about four things that you're you're accomplishing that are very relevant um, because art and poetry now, I think, are very important to understanding the greater Latinx and Chicanx experience. Um, William, how did you become the Commissioner of Heritage and Culture for the city of Anaheim? Yeah, I mean, I've been uh, the commissioner here in Anaheim for about, I would say, a little over two years. Um, you know, I had a stint in in public art and, and education and art in, in Chicago before I moved back and, and, you know, started at CGU. And it was always about, you know, thinking about bringing some of those things I learned in Chicago into the very, you know, my own neighborhood, my own city. Uh, a lot of great, you know, work was being done there. So I wanted to kind of replicate that, but also, uh, you know, bringing people that I think knew uh, that this was necessary in, in the city of Anaheim. And, you know, I started just kind of, uh, you know, a local politician who, uh, a council member in the city of Anaheim is the one that, you know, asked me about, you know, what is there something that you can do that's local that can kind of bring the arts into the city of Anaheim. And, um, you know, we've been doing it since it's, you know, right now a little more tough to do public art or to kind of do a lot of programming uh, that's out in public because of the pandemic. But, you know, as soon as we, um, you know, we, we figured out ways to kind of go around that and try to still uh, bring arts to public schools, to the youth, to the community that usually, is not much seen in, in the city of Anaheim with its population, right? It's a 54% Latinx community. Uh, and I think folks forget that and, and just kind of center, um, you know, this huge uh, place that, that, you know, people go to and visit and never really explore the city, you know, which is Disneyland. Right. You spoke on something that I'm learning a lot about in an archive class this spring, and that's um, public art. Um, William, do you want to um, kind of describe for our audience what public art means today? Yeah, I mean, I think it's, um, I mean, specifically for me and, and the way I saw public art, you know, art didn't really come to me until I was, uh, you know, well into college. And I think, or, you know, didn't think that, you know, there was space for art in, in the public because I never saw it, right? So I think you know, one thing is, is public art can kind of be engaging, it can be like thought provoking, or it can be about beauty as well. And I think, uh, you know, when you bring art into the public, you have more accessibility for the community to see it and engage with it. And I think that was very important to me. 
of how I saw public art in other cities, uh, you know, in, in neighborhoods that usually don't see art or usually are uh, disinvested in. Uh, and I think that's, you know, one of the my main priorities that I do have with this position is bringing uh, public art into those spaces uh, and, and try to engage the community, but also, you know, ask them what they want to see in, in their community. Um, and it's just not about, you know, beautifying these quote-unquote uh, underserved uh, communities, but it's also about, you know, thinking about their history and bringing that into art as well. Most definitely. That concept of what you said, like documenting, um, also touches on something like public history. Is that correct, William? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think yeah. along with my practice, I've, I've, you know, I've dug up a lot of the local history uh, that wasn't wasn't taught in you know growing up here, going to public school, uh, and that's where you know I think about this intersection of of you know bringing local history that is you know the you know who who were the people that worked on the orange groves, who were the ones that packaged the the oranges, you know, and some history that I think a lot of cities might be ashamed of of how they treated people of color. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think that's also important and kind of bringing that in to kind of think about how we can problem solve uh, the issues of today, because uh, those are some of the issues that we saw, uh, you know, back in, you know, the mid 1900s, even into, you know, the 1960s and 70s. Definitely. Right. This, this, uh, this writing of history, right, William, sometimes erases um, marginalized um, Latinx uh, people's experiences. And um, when I saw all the work that you've been doing visually, to me, that is a way that you're um, kind of radicalizing, right? Um, Art, public art, public history, uh, by centering a different perspective. Can you talk about, William, kind of some of the processes that you take? Because we've talked about public history, mm-hmm. public art. Can you talk to us about the process? One picture you posted on your Instagram just now was really stunning of you and your father. Um, and I was really um, intrigued by that image. And I wondered, William, do you want to talk to our audience a little bit about your process? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, I feel like I've, I've worked on um, this huge kind of body of work uh, that usually is, you know, goes through these kind of stages um, throughout, you know, my career. Um, but I think that the biggest one is just has been focused in, in you know, lived experiences that usually don't get uh, the attention um that other stories do. And I think especially, you know, being from outside of LA, it, it's always kind of, we, we see that the, the experiences of, of a lot of Latinx, Chicanx um, experiences in, you know, in East LA and, and, and you know, Boyle Heights and Huntington Park and Highland Park. Um, and I think those were great, you know, those artists that are from there that, that do work about that is, I think gave us these, um, you know, open the doors for us for for experiences um, outside of LA as well. And I think, you know, when I first came back, um, 
you know, I knew there was this history that was not told uh, to many of us and, you know, that my parents didn't know about. So I think, you know, one way that I, I approached this was, you know, I, I knew that I, I can kind of access uh, some of these archives, uh, local like city archives through public libraries, through, uh, we have this place called the Anaheim Heritage Center that holds uh, several archives of um, of Anaheim, you know, back uh, when uh, when Tangva folks were, were mostly here. And, you know, again, they're still here as well. Uh, and I think, you know, that was my first approach is really dig into those archives. And, and it easily made a connection with, you know, my lived experiences as well and, and the lived experiences of my friends, of family that grew up in Anaheim. Um, so, you know, I saw all those interconnections and I think, you know, the, the latest project, which is, uh, you know, I've been working out for over, over two years, um, is a combination of that. It's a combination of, of local history, uh, contemporary history and everyday lived experiences of folks in Anaheim. Definitely. I really like the way you approached this as a kind of scholar uh, advocate, William, by throwing yourself into the public archives. Um, how did you have any difficulty accessing? Um, were there any gatekeepers? Um, did they understand what you were looking for? You know, I think this and how long did and when did this begin? Yeah, so I think, you know, I, I first came back again to Anaheim, um, you know, I would say um, like mid-2018 and, and you know, right away, I think I'd seen, uh, you know, small archives or pictures of um, of the packing house in, in Anaheim and, and uh, around Orange County. Um, and I think I really got more into the idea of, of kind of, continuing that discovery that was left behind by um, the Alternative Weekly OC Weekly um, newspaper that is now, um, you know, defunct. Uh, but I think there, you know, that newspaper was the first one that I saw that really, you know, told those stories of of mm -hmm. this other Anaheim that I did not see in, in the OC Register or the LA Times. Um, and you know, when when I was looking at these archives, I had I found maybe I think there was only one book that I was really looking at, and it was um by this scholar at uh, UCI named uh, Gilbert Gonzalez, uh, and it was um looking at uh, labor in, in Southern California, specifically like citrus. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, when I did try to look for some of these archives, I you know. I would go to the the place that um, he annotated at, like you know the Fulton Public Library, and I go ask for these archives, and you know they will say, "Oh, we don't have them anymore," or um, you know, it'll take a couple weeks for me to find these these things. Um, and you know, there was a lot of, of of you know thinking that you know there was maybe few or even none folks asking for these specific archives of Orange County. Um, you know, I had a better experience at, at the Anaheim Heritage Center because of my position at the commission. And, and I think that was, you know, one of these things where I, I was trying to use this, um, you know, academic lifestyle that I I, uh, I belong to and, and accessing these things because 
uh, you know, my parents wouldn't have access to it. Um, you know, you had somebody show ID or, you know, show your research uh, before even trying to get access to these uh, archives. Um, and I, I did have a better collaboration with the Heritage Center, who was, who was actually going to let me borrow some of these archives to, uh, for a book. Um, but it's because of that kind of status, right? It was, you know, the, the, the archivist there um, attends the meetings for the commission that I belong to. So, you know, I'm a familiar face mm-hmm. uh, and so on. So I think using that, um, that privilege that I do have as an academic was, was something that helped me. But I think, you know, outside of, of Anaheim, I, it was tough to get, um, you know, specific uh, answers to the, the things that I was looking for. Um, and again, you know, I think without that, you know, that, that privilege, I think it would be, uh, even tougher for someone like my parents that, that would want to see, you know, some of those archives, um, from a neighborhood that we grew up in, um, it just would have been tougher. Most definitely. William, as you know, a lot of us are still, um, graduate students at CGU and, as you know, a lot of archives are now closed due to the pandemic. And um, did you have any advice for a lot of students who still want to acquire primary sources, who want to inspire or radicalize their research? Yeah, um, I mean, what happens now to to that doorway, or what would you um, say to a, like a, a new student? who was Latinx at CGU, who, who wanted to learn more about their community. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, I think it's, it's still, you know, we're still trying to develop these kind of um, probably like problem solving issues in, in the archive Um, because, you know, sadly, like, you know, these archives are probably the last to be digitized in, in a, you know, in a collection, um, you know, it depends on, on the city as well. Like, uh, you know, the city of Santa Ana does have a great uh, digital archive that it's, uh, that is accessible to, uh, to folks to, to kind of find. Um, but when you go to other cities, you know, that haven't digitized their work at all, I think it's, it becomes a bit more tough. And I think, you know, reaching out to the, to that person that, um, that, that is, you know, maybe the director of the, the plays, the library, um, and trying to start a, a, a kind of like relationship with them to be able to access, you know, these, these things is, um, it, it's even tougher now than it, than, than it was uh, before. Uh, because I think, you know, especially in, in, in communities of color and, and I think a lot of academics of color have kind of, you know, gone through this experience of, there's this uh, invalidation of experiences and and stories that that I think kind of come out of of, of these uh, archives, right? We see that you know we have to validate um, you know a lot of things that I I did discover that I had to validate you know the my work and show people that these things happen through the archives, right? I was uh, you know showing a work about segregation at a park. Um, and people would would ask like, where did you get this? Kind of see the source of it, and I had to show a multiple sources, right? Because there was something that 
that is who who holds the validation of of um of knowledge uh, in academia it's it's mostly white male um uh, people and i think um when we talk about knowledge in in other spaces black indigenous and and latinx is there's that invalidation of, of histories and, and knowledge and uh, experiences as well. So, I mean, I think it's still, you know, with, with the people that I know is, is we're still trying to problem solve. We're still trying to figure out these, um, you know, these, uh, these issues with the archive. Um, you know, I'm, I'm lucky to have um, a great folks that I, I can reach out to, um, you know, one being Ken Gonzalez day, who's at Scripps, who, you know, works with, with archives uh, quite a bit and his, you know, over 20 years of, of looking at um, archives, um, you know, he can tell you definitely that this is why it's taking him 20 years because of these kind of, you know, walls that are built uh, by institutions. Um, and I think those are even get, are getting a bit more tough now with the, with the pandemic. Um, but, you know, I don't want to, Tell folks to not not keep trying, but you know, reach out, email those folks. Um, I would say even call them. I think I think calling them will probably be a bit uh, easy, easier for us to reach uh, them. Um, you know, they're not millennials or or um, uh, Gen Zers or or whatnot. I think they really uh, do care about folks reaching out through uh, you know through phone and and through phone calls because uh, that that's how I've. Of you know, communicating with the archivists at the Anaheim Heritage Center is just through phone calls, most likely. Most, most definitely. Um, you spoke on a lot of things, but one thing was that that idea for uh, minoritized uh, individuals the the importance of personal testimony, right, William? Um, and that the importance of that testimony coming from from us, right? Um, I really liked how you said that there are many ways to still um, build a relationship with archivists, um, you know, pick up the phone, especially because of the COVID era that we're in. Um, and I think this kind of is a good segue into the handle on Instagram um, Latinx underscore diaspora underscore archives um, that I want to wanted to also talk to you about. Um, how did that come to be? Right. Yeah, I mean, I think um, you know this is this happened while I was still in Chicago, and I had you know you know I always have conversations with friends about uh, like you know potential projects, and um, you know I. I, I think a lot of the stuff that I, I did see um, that was very kind of inspirational was, of course, uh, Guadalupe Rosales' um, uh, Veteranas Irucas uh, archive and then the Black archives that I did see. Um, you know, and thinking about joy, I think joy that, you know, the, it, what comes in family photographs is is, is this kind of joy of um, of histories that, really don't get kind of like also centered, right? When we think about, um, you know, the black experiences, we see a lot of death, we see a lot of tragedy, we see a lot of mourning. Um, you know, what I did like about these other archives that were most, you know, most of them started in um, on Instagram was that there was joy in these communities as well. And I think, you know, you know, we, we I also wanted to see that in, in 
in in you know family photographs and in in this kind of uh, digital um, wave of of uh, archivism. Uh, and you know when I did go back, I would see a lot of my own personal. Like the first thing I would do is is you know get home and, and settle down and and look at my family photographs that uh, that we have laying around the house. Um, you know, and I was thinking about that intersection of of experiences from from various diasporas, you know, Central American, and and also to kind of like elevate a lot of the, you know, the archives that we did not see. You know, you know, my family is is, is you know part indigenous, and and I wasn't really seeing that too in in, in media. Um, a lot of the Afro Latinx experiences as well. So I think. You know, I wanted to kind of set up a a space for that, um, a space for joy. And I think, you know, what I've received so far is, is you know, these amazing um, kind of perspectives of, of these of these communities that you know, if it wasn't for kind of these spaces, I think um, it will be tough to kind of also have access to it, right? If and I think we a lot of these digital spaces. Um, you know, we're trying to turn the head of, of how archives are collected as well. Uh, you know, we're not uh, claiming any ownership of these archives. Um, if we're given archives and uh, there's specific photographs that they don't want to kind of show to the public, you know, we, we, you know, we abide by that. We don't, you know, we don't hold them to, uh, we don't hold these uh, archives and uh, people have to kind of, go through this long process of actually having access to them. So, you know, I think that was, that was one of the main ideas about um, how can we kind of bring this, this joy front and center and um, be able to open it for folks to also like just bring in their work as well. Yeah. I really like that concept of joy, um, especially for the way, the way to kind of look at a marginalized community. Um, the, the way that the digital archive uh, offers access, um, especially for people, like you said, who, who also come from Central, um, Central America, um, or like myself, who was, you know, from Colombia and immigrated here. I think there's a lot that has been erased. And I'm very fascinated by the depth of the, the images that people are sharing with you, William. Mm -hmm. Where can our audience learn how to, to share something with you? Um, is that just on the Insta handle or? Yeah, I mean, they, they can definitely just direct message um, the, the Instagram um, page and uh, you know, we there is a uh, email there too that is uh, available uh, for folks to kind of, you know, send their if you know they have a kind of bigger folder or, or bigger images of uh, of these family photographs, they can email that to us. Uh, you know, unfortunately, like you know, I was starting to plan out some other um, uh, like projects within that space. But I think, you know, with the pandemic, it, it just got even tougher. So, you know, we're kind of uh, putting that in, in the back burner for a bit, um, because I did want to do these, um, uh, what I would 
what a lot of my friends were thinking about is these encuentros, which is, um, we you know trying to ask folks to also like let us scan their work, um, but also be a resource for um, a community. Like if there was, um, you know, we were, we were going to, I was going to collaborate with my brother. He, he's a health educator and, you know, we we're going to have food for the community and, and, you know, not just uh, kind of me going into a space, uh, quote unquote, parachuting into a space, you know, getting all these archive scans and, and, and them going away with nothing. Right. So I think, um, again, trying to uh, turn, turn around these, um, these ideas of how folks collect archives, um, it should be a mutual like agreement and mutual kind of understanding. And, um, you know, I want to also give resources to these communities because we know that these, these places are underserved and, um, you know, I think that's, that's a way to radicalize these ideas of how to collect archives. I agree with you. Um, especially that concept of, um, being, having a, re a reciprocal relationship, um, as you acknowledged, a lot of the archiving that you're doing does touch on um, indigenous populations as well um, and different ways of um, being, right, William? <laughs> different ways of knowing. Um, because I found myself like you um, happy scrolling all the different archives of marginalized communities. Um, and I'm very interested in how, how this took you to the back to the East Coast or kind of further to NYU mm -hmm. to share your practice and knowledge. Um, and I wanted to know how did that come to how did that come to be? Yeah, I mean I think um you know, I was aware about of the Latinx project. I know they were doing, you know, they're still doing a great work. And um, this residency program that they uh, that they have is is, uh, I think, something that's kind of new. It's it's not that old, and um, you know, I'm honored to be the first person outside of New York to to have it. Um, you know, it was through applic. You know, I applied for it, and. Um, you know, they were, they were actually, I was kind of surprised that there was very few, um, very few applications that uh, dedicated them to photography. Um, and, you know, I think uh, we had, you know, these longer conversations about, uh, you know, the canon of photography and, and trying to kind of dismantle that as well, because, right, photography is this kind of tool that, that has been used um in a violent way towards these communities of color. Um, you know, we look at, you know, eugenics, we look at how they were used to, um, as proof that, that, that there are, uh, communities that were inferior to, to, uh, white people. Um, so I think, you know, you know, that, that really kind of sparked the, this idea about, um, bring me aboard to do this residency, um, and also just to, you know, there is that connection um, with that, you know, the East Coast and the West Coast and and uh, amazing, amazing movements have come from the, both coasts. You know, I'm, I'm thinking about the um, the Young Lords in New York and, and the Puerto Rican diaspora that, mm -hmm. that pretty much um, 
you know, was doing these, these, um, you know, bre uh, free breakfast programs too in the community. Um, and I think, uh, you know, there's, there's those two that also intersect with photography, right? There's, you know, uh, amazing photographers that were documenting these, um, these movements, um, and as well here in, in California as well too. Um, so I think it was an opportunity to kind of bring that conversation in, into, um, into the space like NYU, um, to think about that, we're also very much intersecting. Um, and, you know, you know, sadly, because of the pandemic, you know, I, I was going to go out there and, and do a physical exhibition. Um, and, you know, we have a, an event coming up um, uh, next month on the 19th uh, that talks about, you know, the state of land next photography and how we can kind of think about uh, maybe this mantling that idea of the canon and but also inserting ourselves within that space because um one of the scholars that uh, we're going to be talking to is um is about to publish this book on latinx um in 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 the united states latinx photography in the united states um, because i think you know we we also kind of see that there is a a missing piece in in that um in that history in the history of photography Yeah, I started um, following the Latinx project at NYU, William. Um, we had the opportunity to uh, read uh, Dr. Maria Salaña Portillo's book. And as you know, she um, is a scholar that writes a lot about critical Latinx indigeneity, right? And um, mm -hmm. so I wanted to ask you, William, how many, how many pieces did you guys curate? the space is actually physically small. So it was just going to be like, um, you know, we were already thinking of, it was going to be like maybe five or six images um, framed, you know, in the gallery. But now because we had, were in this digital space, um, you know, we decided to, to bring in three projects of mine that, that still have these conversations together. So like each project is, you know, conversed with the other and, and vice versa. Um, and the the online exhibition is curated by um, an amazing upcoming uh, Puerto Rican curator named Dalina uh, Perdomo Alvarez, um, who's based out right now out of Chicago. And I think, um, again, you know, I wanted to make that connection with like uh, the Puerto Rican diaspora that I think has very much, um, you know, very similar experiences as the Chicanx um, experience in, in Southern California. Um, and, you know, we decided to, to also kind of, you know, think about alternative texts that can be used in, in classrooms and, in, um, in photography classes, because that's, you know, that's something that we also, again, we wanted to tackle is, um, there is this scholarship that is, is dedicated to Latinx uh, photography that folks really don't know about or you know, still haven't discovered. Um, and I think it, you know, it, it, it really kind of resonates with, um, you know, the way um, programs are kind of um, structured currently in, in, in photography, right? And I think, um, you know, slowly trying to create that change um, in, in the photography kind of realm is, is trying to introduce these other texts, you know, and, and this also serves as a resource for, um, 
for teachers, for students, um, for the industry. Um, and it's come really, you know, and I, I'm glad I think that I, we did have it on, online because it was able to actually expand that, that idea and include a lot more writings, um, you know, books uh, and photographs too. Yeah, you, you said the word right out of my mouth. You, you're expanding not only access, but you're expanding Latinx peoples um, from coast to coast. And what I like about the way you're making these connections, William, is that it really is about the people, um, not just taking things, right, William, mm -hmm. but empowering a community um, and leaving something for them so that they can build on that. Um, I think that's just a phenomenal project that I hope continues. Um, William, one of the cool things about the project, I thought, was I really liked seeing the sources page at the bottom. Mm -hmm. um, so for our audience, it's uh, on the latinxproject.nyu.edu. It's called William Camargo, Negotiated Frontiers, curated by Dalina Perdomo Alvarez, and it extends through April 30th. So, William, I believe, and I wanted to talk to you about this, do you believe this, the virtual digital humanities will be the frontier for archivists and Latinx artists? Um, I mean, I, I, I do hope so. I think we, we have to think about what's happening in, in, you know, in our country and realize this same system is not going to be, you know, not it's, it's not working. Right. And I think, um, uh, you know, trying to change those conversations, um, and center really what the community needs are, um, you know, and I wanted to share this, this, you know, quick quote that's like right in the beginning of the, of the exhibition, because I think it really, uh, you know, puts the point of, of what, you know, what I'm trying to do with the work, but also, um, you know how how is it going to be experienced um, outside of my hands, right? And it's and it's you know I, I take the the title of the exhibition of um, by a um, of an essay uh, with the same name, "Negotiated Frontiers: Contemporary uh, Chicano Photography" uh, by Jennifer A. Gonzalez, who's a uh, professor at um, I believe UC Santa Cruz, um, and you know. I, I briefly asked her if, if it was okay for me to use the, the, you know, the title of that essay, and and she was she was glad to um, to let me borrow it, and and um, you know, and and it's an essay that was you know written in the '90s, and I think it still has a lot of resonance uh, now. Uh, and the quote is like, you know, what does it mean to have or indeed to be with an image of oneself? How is that image constructed? How is that image controlled? To have an image implies the rights of ownership. To be with an image implies a relationship of cooperation, community. Um, you know, I think because we are, I think a lot of the, the folks that I that I look up to, a lot of the photographers is, um, you know, that's how they work. They they work in in cooperation with the community, um, and I think that's what we have to kind of be doing uh, moving on forward as well uh, in in archives in 
in the humanities um, to really be looking at, at cooperation instead of just, you know, being this academic academic and, and coming in um, into a community that, and you wanting to take something, right? Um, and I think that's something that we need to uh, change quite a bit and, and uh, right away as well. Yeah, that, that concept of collaboration, I think, um, for marginalized um, communities is, is a really important um, an idea um, because so much has, as we've acknowledged, has, has been erased from us. Um, that I do think that is where the magic and frontier is happening. I'm seeing it kind of within the academy, William. Mm-hmm. Um, what I mean by that is um, as doctoral students and master's students, we're having the chance to work in projects, right, William? Collaborating, mm-hmm. bringing together all of our disciplines, right? So that we're empowering um, a place for these new students who, um, who we believe um, are, are can continue telling these stories, um, but that we need platforms that um, are available to them. And that's really what um, I enjoy about all of the work you're doing. Um, you're, you're a scholar, you're providing um, art education. You're also providing like an alternative digital archive which is really fascinating. Um, And most importantly, William, you're giving back to our community in different ways. Um, Is there something that you're working on? I know when I'm on your timeline that there's always things you're supporting. Mm -hmm. Uh, Is there something that you're you're gonna be working on this spring? Yeah, I mean, I think, um, you know, we're, instead of the, you know, the exhibition that we were gonna have physically, we are working on a on a small book, uh, kind of you know cataloging the the exhibition, um, and there's going to be actually a little more of these uh, photographs from the uh, the projects. Um, and you know we're planning to release the book uh, late March, early April. Um, and you know having those conversations again is is very critical uh, during this time. Um, and you know working on a on a bigger book about um, about my my more uh, kind of a bigger project called Origins and Displacements, uh, making sense of place, um, histories and possibilities, uh, which was you know my my thesis project at um at CGU, um, you know. But also, I think I want to tell folks is is continue to um, you know to do the work, and also if if. You know, aside from this, I you know I help out with mutual aid, um, um, mutual aid efforts in in you know in Anaheim and Orange County uh, because especially now with the pandemic, I think there's a lot of more need and um, you know that's something that I, I am doing outside of of my own work, right? And I think it's um you know if, if folks can't be outside, is is you know donate to those mutual aid efforts. Um, it really helps out with uh, feeding folks um, and getting them access to food and, um, and other necessities. Well, William, we are definitely looking forward to um, your publications. Um, I believe that that scholarship 
and that lived experience is really important um, in the academy. Um, I wanted to thank you for your time, William, um, and for talking to us um, about the future of Latinx and Chicanx photography and archives. Thank you, thank you, Eric. Um, again, just want to know, uh, you know, those when they do come out, they will. Uh, the library will have um, a copy of, of each of them, uh, so they were are going to be able to see them as as well. Great, thank you so much. From Studio B three at Claremont Graduate University, this is Latinx in the Inland Empire.